This is Flyperbole with Steve Jacot and Craig Forsyth. Today's Flyperbole brought to you by Mike Sillinger's Hand Sanitizer. Get silly and stay safe thanks to a man who has probably played for every NHL, AHL, and, well, if you can think of a hockey team, Mike Sillinger's played for it. Hey gang, Father's Day is coming up this weekend, and guess what? NHL Shop has all of the great Flyers-related Father's Day gifts you could possibly want. Isn't that right, Craig? Oh, yeah. You better believe it. I haven't looked yet, but yeah, they definitely got a lot. Let me tell you about these deals. Let me tell you about these motherfucking deals. Play it as honesty. We got the Philadelphia Flyers Sportula. You think a spatula is good enough for dad? No, 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 no. You need a Sportula that has a Flyers logo on it. It's not just a spatula. A Sportula. It's a spatula of the Flyers logo. $13.99. That's not a bad deal for something that's not a spatula. Actually, I'm kidding. That's a horrible deal. Yeah, but, I mean, you know, it would be like one thing you laugh at and then... eh. I mean, you can get that. That's a good dad gift. I approve. That gets the uh, dad stamp of approval. That's what we're doing here. Yeah, you know, you're flipping burgers with that. Yeah, that's one one flip of the dad's cheeseburger on the grill. Not on the grill because he's not putting the cheese on the... You get what I'm saying. You know what dad really wants? Dad wants a men's Philadelphia Flyers orange flannel long sleeve t-shirt. That's right. It's a flannel shirt that's orange and black with a big old Flyers logo on the pocket. Nothing says summer like a flannel shirt. Although it would work pretty well in the winter. That's a good, uh, I think that's another uh, dad stamp of approval. That feels like a very dad, dad-ass gift, no? Well, if your dad loves that, your dad's really going to love an Anthony Stellar's authentic 8x10 <laughs> NHL deb- debut butterfly photograph. It's signed for 1999. <laughs> Wait, how much are people? How much are they giving that away for? Nineteen ninety nine. I would have thought that thing would have at least been triple digits. At least you would have at least had to lay down a cool hundo for that. But uh, nineteen ninety five. I mean, I can't believe that's not sold out already. I mean, if you can't believe that sold out, you know, we, this is going to knock your socks off. A Dale Vise, the Dutch Gretzky himself, sixteen by twenty orange jersey skating photograph. Also, only nineteen ninety nine for Dale Vise, the Dutch Gretzky. Okay, I've I've been playing along with the joke. Nobody's dropping twenty fucking dollars on Dale Weiss now. What about nobody is? What about Dale Weiss in the Flyers' fiftieth anniversary jerseys with the gold and? Uh, yeah, I think I would drop $20 on that. Listen, we have any autograph photo you could want. (laughs) We got Dale Weiss. We got Dale Weiss. We got Anthony Stolares. We got Dale Weiss. We have Nick Cousins. Roman Lubimov. You name it. Evgeny Medvedev. All these great all-stars of past years are here. Kent Huskins. Signed and in the store. Oh my god, Ken Huskins. Uh, Adam Burt. (laughs) This is just going to be the thing where we're out off all our favorites from here until... (laughs) Jody Hole. Trent Clad, Trent Clad, Trent Clad. All right. Okay. That's not good enough. Clearly, that's not good enough. What about the Philadelphia Flyers five inch heart eyes team emoji plush toy? It's a big pillow that is a heart eyes emoji that has a Flyers hat on. That's two ninety nine. That's only three bucks. Okay. 
I was gonna say, how many dads do you think that was actively like bought and for across the uh, the Philly region? I want to say. Zero. I'm not sure who's. I mean, I, I'm sure there's a reason it's only three dollars. I just, I'm not sure <laughs> many of these products. <laughs> You're not sure where these are. Yeah, who they're being bought for? Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah. But uh, how about a Philadelphia I mean, Flyers orange oversized logo iPhone five hard case? Uh, I want to say that. How much is that going for? Three ninety nine. So we're in, we're in the bargain bin. This might be this is pretty good shopping actually for uh, four bucks. It's not a bad deal. What about this is all? What about your dad's always wanted a Flyers jersey, right? Your dad's always wanted a Flyers jersey, although this one's a youth one, so it goes out the window. Vincent LeCavalier Reebok Orange Home Premier jersey, only twenty four dollars, twenty three ninety nine. That is a deal because, because apparently still... every child sized dad wants a Vinny LeCavalier jersey. Woof. Maybe that's the kid's way of slamming the dad for being a small guy. It's like, all right, here you go, five foot five. Enjoy your uh, Vinny LeCavio jersey. <laughs> Have fun out there. Have fun, booster seat. Enjoy that jersey. See you at the game. Th- this was just the clearance stuff, by the way. This isn't even one of my favorite obsessions. Is just all the weird stuff you can find on the uh, the team site. Like you just go to the home and office set it, or uh, section, and it's just like. It's just weird stuff. Philadelphia Flyers uniform duck bank. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. Who among us, right? Yeah, we all got to have one of those. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Every one of us. And I, again, I have to just, I have to get my, my sale items filter out of here to get the true gold. This <laughs> is, I'll, I'll be honest with you. I never look at the gift shop ever. Mainly because I don't have money. So that usually. Are you telling me you've never looked at anything. a Philadelphia Flyers ceramic spoon rest? You rest a spoon lay, in there. I have not. I have not done that. No. <laughs> I will start doing that. You know, if these deals are online, and I need some things, I'll just get a bunch of stuff. I should do that. Just get make sure everything. <laughs> you know what you should like get? an obnoxious amount of flowers stuff. And every time you record a post game, you should put in the background. It's a sign that says Philadelphia Flyers man cave. This cave runs on <laughs> Flyers power. My rink, my team, fans only. Others not allowed. <laughs> Others not allowed. <laughs> uh, yeah, so I'm out. get one of those. I'll pay you back, and I'll just put that somewhere. <laughs> I'll put that somewhere up here. <laughs> Others not allowed. Others not. Not a single. It's not so like if you Penguins like fans not allowed. It's not like New York scumbags not allowed. It's yeah, others. if you're indifferent just on others. the Flyers. <laughs> Yeah, like if you're only, you know, you kind of moderate on the Flyers, you got to get the fuck out of here. This is nothing but Flyers fans, baby. And lastly, but certainly not the least, your dad really wants, his one thing he wants for Father's Day is a Philadelphia Flyers Woodrow acoustic guitar, low, low price of $300. (laughs) There you go. Jam out all those, uh... The hell is your dad listening to? Steve Miller Band and uh, Crosby Stills National Songs. Springsteen, of course. Springsteen. Almond Brothers. Yeah. Almond Brothers, Doobie Brothers. If we're, I mean, if we're at it. Uh, Bob Seger. Heard a Bob Seger song today. There you go. Nightmares. <laughs> I think that was actually the one I heard. Yeah. Of course it was. Oh no, uh, Hollywood Nights. There you go. Hollywood Nights. That's a good one. Uh, or, you know, every dad's favorite band. Everybody's favorite band. Bad Company. The only band that made a a song named after themselves. <laughs> 
off their album back. Wasn't it Bad Company? Mm -hmm. Off Bad Company, by Bad Company. Mm -hmm. It's really <laughs> the, the dad trifecta. Yeah, it's just one of the most amazing trifectas of all time. I guess that's why they called them uh, Bad Company. Bad Company. Until, until the day they died. Until the day they died, making songs about the name of their band. <laughs> Honestly, I'm almost impressed by this weird guitar. Like, if I walked into somebody's house, I'm going to send you a picture of this guitar right now, Craig, but it's... Oh, okay, it's, I'm going to take a look. See. It, 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 I'm, I'm almost impressed by it. I like that you're almost impressed. Because it's it still had a little weird. more oomph, like, it's, be... it's definitely weird. Like, it's... Oh, okay. If I walked you know in what? and, like... <laughs> Dad started playing night moves for me on his Flyers acoustic guitar. Yeah, I would think that's super weird. I, I kind of get the whole kind of impressive thing, or almost impressive. I It does look almost really... They need to change, like, the... Uh, I'm not going to talk about parts of a guitar, because I'm never going to sound like a complete idiot, but they needed a little more color in there, and I think I would have been impressed by that Flyers acoustic guitar. It did look all right. I don't know. It looked okay. So close, yet so far. Well, you know, when you're busy getting your dad the Yakov Voracek fathead life-size removable wall decal <laughs> that he's always wanted, then you'll have a, a lovely, wonderful father's day. Are they, are they still doing that thing? Apparently they still are. It is seventy four ninety nine with code. For those big-ass... Man, that's... Uh, I, I thought we were over that. I forgot those things were pretty popular for a while, too. Or I don't know if they were popular. They were definitely advertised everywhere. I don't know how many people actually got the big fat heads like in the rooms or anything. I want a gritty one that can sit right next to me and stare into my soul while I'm recording this podcast. <laughs> while you're sleeping? I, I oh, actually do have, I do have next to me, uh, you know, like the, the, the like heads people hold up at games, like a, like the like cardboard. Oh, like free throws? Yeah, yeah. yeah. I have like the a yeah, Shane yeah. Victorino Phillies one staring at me, but it's it's a friendly stare as opposed to Gritty, <laughs> who would be staring into me until I, a small part of me died. Victorino, I just want to say like, aloha, and then like, hang out. Hit a grand yeah. slam off Shane Victorino. Yeah, I mean, it's a lot easier to hang out with Shane Victorino, I imagine, than Gritty. I don't know. Gritty just seems like... I don't want Gritty looking at me for a long period of time. I had Gritty look at me for a long period of time, and... Oh, he was eyeing you up. Yeah. It, it, he liked what he saw. It was the time. He wanted to break off the piece. Yeah, it was, yeah, it was something I else. almost got a sneak preview of the... What is it? The record? This is the disassembly room before. I was gonna say he almost disassembled your assembly room. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Oh. Or yeah, or something along those lines. These accusations that's, that's about our dear Gritty will not stand. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yeah. Will not stand, <sighs> folks. We're still losing our minds. It's it's still quarantine, but we're here and we're trying to talk about hockey. Yeah, we're look. We're about to talk about hockey, and uh, Steve, I want to say that was a good idea on that opening because it gave us something else to talk about besides the almost hockey happening phase that we've been in for like three months now. So, uh, shout out to that. But then let's listen. Uh, here are some updates on um, on the NHL, and it sounds like a lot of the uh, pretty much the same info we've been for the last couple of weeks here. But uh, according to Chris Johnson of Sportsnet, and uh, it sounds like LeBron kind of confirmed this too, it looks like Vegas will be one of the two hub cities that the league needs to uh, finish out the regular season. Uh, Chris Johnson said it, or reported, I think on Friday, Saturday, and it seemed pretty. he seems pretty certain that's going to be one of the cities. He's 
a pretty knowledgeable inside source. So I would trust Chris Johnson. I think they were waiting until next week to officially announce it with one other city, but it sounds like it's going to be Vegas and uh, all other, the nine other uh, hub cities besides Vegas, uh, Chicago, Columbus, Dallas, LA, Minneapolis, slash St. Paul, Pittsburgh, Edmonton, Toronto, and Vancouver are apparently all on the table, but uh, it sounds like it's Vegas and it will be another hub city, uh, one of those nine. Um, And, LeBron also, yeah, LeBron came out and said today that Vegas is still a frontrunner, even though the COVID-19 cases have uh, kind of spiked back up in Nevada. I think they recently reopened and some of the numbers went up again. But even with that, in consideration, the league is still, he still thinks Vegas is uh, is probably out in front of everybody when it comes to being a hub city. Uh, comes to the Canadian cities, uh, Johnston also reported that Canadian Prime Minister Justin Trudeau said that uh, the federal government is open to Toronto, Vancouver, Edmonton, serving as possible hu- uh, locations as a hub city in the uh, NHL's return. Um, and speaking of some of these hub cities, uh, a little bit of more information that actually did come out this week was uh, so theoretically, if Vegas is a hub city, uh, McKen- Bob McKenzie talked about this at length too. The league is going to try and do a thing. Ideally, you have an east and west hub city. Those teams play in the other conference's hub city so they don't have a home ice advantage, and then you can just play it out that way and no team has a significant home ice advantage. Unfortunately, it looks, there's, it looks like there's a pretty good chance both the locations, the hub cities, are going to be in Western Conference cities or Western cities, so then uh, the league doesn't have that luxury. So then you have to do Vegas and theoretically Vancouver or Edmonton or somebody else like that. So yeah, I guess the thing is sake. like you're not gonna have to worry as much about guys adjusting to the the time zone change because they're they're just gonna be living out there. Like essentially, you're just saying like this this is my life for the next month or two. I'm just going to be living here in this situation, and it sucks, but let's. Let's play that hockey, I guess. Yeah. Yeah, so that's yeah, yeah. So that's what's going on. The um the point with McKenzie though was they're trying to break it up so like if since it's already determined that Vegas is a location, if they end up doing like Vegas and Vancouver or Vegas and Edmonton, Vegas is gonna have home ice advantage no matter what. Like they're just going to have to like one way or another, if they end up doing two Western Conference teams, like I guess what I'm trying to say is like the home ice advantage isn't like I don't know how much of an advantage it is if there isn't fans. It's not. It's not. It's it's not an advantage at all. I don't think this is. Yeah, but I I think it. Well, I don't know. I want to say I think it is a little bit of an advantage in some case. Like if all the Philly guys got to, or not all the Philly guys, but if half your team got to live. Right. Know, right. I figure the, most Flyers probably live near Philly, or most Golden Knights live out near Vegas now. So if they got to kind of be near the hub city rather than. It, it's really. I think we're looking at like whether or not players are going to get to see their families or maybe even friends or not, which it doesn't sound like shouldn't be open to anybody at all. So this advantage is like really, yeah, it's a really nuanced home ice advantage. You're not going to be having the same, it's not any kind of luxurious advantage that we're, we're picturing here. It's Just kick them out of the league. Kick Vegas out. Just kick them out of the league. So it comes, yeah, they don't need any kind of home ice advantage. It is kind of funny though that they were in the cup and now they might get, you know, the home city and all this stuff. But anyway, um, so that, but that was pretty much the whole thing they were breaking down this week was it, it they didn't want that to happen where it was like vegas was going to play all the games in the hope today of vegas but it looks like it just might end up 
happening that way because there may not be an alternative on the east coast or uh, a central location um all right well just take flurry away from it's fine yeah just do that that's all you have to do well they did sign reefs to an extension so that kind of cancels kind of cancels that stuff out but uh um via uh nhl.com's nicholas Kostaneka. Katsuneka, uh, badminton players, uh, support staff will be tested each day. Uh, someone tests positive, that person will be isolated, and anyone who is in close proximity to the person will be monitored. So pretty much the stuff they've been talking about all this week, or I mean the last couple of weeks too. Uh, Batman also said the idea is to create a bubble, and with testing during voluntary workouts and training camps by the time the NHL resumes play, quote, we should have a pretty good sense of what our population is and how well they've been tested and monitored. Um, so pretty much just like it's still they get a term in hub city and get everything kind of ironed out by late june get a vote to get everything approved and get out by july 10th is what they've uh mentioned in the last couple of weeks as well um uh, nhl play yeah okay and then bob mckenzie said today uh nhlpa the nhl players association was looking to add some kind of addition to the agreement that they will sign in late June uh, based off of the talking point that we had with the NBA last week, Steve, where apparently the NBA is going to allow players that just don't want to go to Orlando and be involved in this to just stay at home and, like, understand they're going to lose some some salary and everything. And apparently <clears throat> um, McKenzie talked to that uh, to an extent, and LeBron also added today that um, – Quote, while I think the majority of players still intend to play this summer, there is a group of players, though seemingly smaller in size yet not insignificant, who are vocal about their reluctance to come back and play, and until they get more firm answers to their questions, they may not change their mind. Um, and then he went on to say, with that in mind, it's my, my understanding that the NHLPA intends to negotiate in the Phase 3-4 agreement language that predicts those players who feel uncomfortable playing this summer, the idea being they could opt out if they chose uh, chose to, there would likely be some financial repercussion, like like not getting a share of the team's playoff pool, for example. But I think it's clear that the NHLPA wants to ensure if players are uncomfortable playing, then the option of sitting out is there for them. But once players commit to life in the bubble, they're committed to the rules and protocols that are expected to be pretty tight. That sounded really intense reading it back. Like, <laughs> once you commit to those... the bubble, <laughs> yeah, there is yeah, no turning say, back. Like, LeBron wearing like fucking uh, shoe polish underneath his eyes, like like the mask, and like just once you get in the bubble, you're not leaving alive without a trophy. Or like I don't know, that just sounds like real, real edgy shit. Uh, but yeah, so th- I think that's an option too. That I, I think a lot of us or a lot of people who just want to watch hockey are kind of glossing over the fact of uh, you know everybody to everybody right now. It's kind of a matter of should you go outside right now, and uh, you know hockey players are people too. And they make a ton of money, but this is like a huge request that was not a thing that would have been presented to them before any of their contracts were handed out. Like this is a new thing you're laying on people that they kind of have to process all the the factors and the dangers and the risks of it, and also, you know, if it's worth it and everything. Um, but I'm I'm interested to see how that works out because I want to see the fallout of the players that would stay home. Again, we're talking about <laughs> like uh, LeBron. And McKenzie might say that a lot of the players, uh, the, the amount of players that may have voiced concern about getting together and playing might be small. But, you know, that's the thing we're talking about NBA and NHL culture, too. I don't know how that much factors in of, like, we, we're seeing some of the stuff with the NHL culture where players will not really say how they're feeling and just kind of do what they're expected to do without kind of any pushback. But if some of these guys are finally going to start speaking up here, um, 
I, I really want to see how many people will drop out and not do this tournament altogether. Um, some other notes worth mentioning. Uh, according to AP, NHL players won't be expected to wear full face shields if games resume this summer. Mm. Although, there, though there could be plenty of covered faces around them. So I think when they say full face shields, I think they mean the um, like the clear plastic like shell. Not um not the metal cage, but like the uh like all like from like right now I think everybody wears half shields, obviously. Like the full shields look like uh collegiate players. You know what I'm talking I, about? I know what you're talking about. I, okay, my, yeah. hmm, it's you just because, you like, disagree with that? Well yeah, because I, I would think that would be one of the factors in, that would keep NHL players safer. I know it's gonna be less convenient yes. to play, but if we're gonna play, let's do it as safe as possible. Yeah, and I think that's uh, I think you just illustrated both sides of that. I guess uh, argument, not really an argument, but the problem is, uh, yeah, it's a conundrum. A, a lot of, yeah, conundrum is a good. That's a good. That's why we do this podcast. We're good hosts together. Uh, good the words. conundrum is. <laughs> I remember that was the big pushback for uh, just even the half shields uh, was it would fog up players' visors and they didn't like that. So I imagine the whole shield entirely would kind of be dealing with that problem and you can't really easily wipe away the fog but again it's either that or the coronavirus so i think i know which way i'm leaning uh the the covid19 though i mean they said plenty of other stuff surrounding their faces i don't know if that just means they're gonna be like yeah put a turtleneck on you know do a thomas Buchanan. put a turtleneck on like i I don't know what they mean by cover there will be plenty of covered faces around them so like what does that mean without a visor like right are they gonna be wearing like a mask right like like as a mask like a cloth mask the are they yeah. like gonna have yeah. like fanatics branded cloth masks <laughs> oh no. yeah well no comment uh the what this other? podcast I mean, brought to you the... by fanatics well you don't have a, that much of a choice for sports gear fanatics <laughs> yeah i was gonna say that's what <laughs> that's uh in terms of on the ice that's those are the main things. Uh, well, I guess we should also point out uh, the Flyers. Uh, everything I noticed this week, it looked like uh, Provorov, Ivan Provorov, Joel Farabee, and Nicholas Albi-Kubel were out on the ice practicing. Oh, the NAKGB uh, is coming for you, brother. Oh, he's got yeah, to get up and get firing again. He, he, know, he knows where he was. He was working out of the uh, – he's working from being NHL regular to NHL regular, and he wants to keep this season going. So I was going to say, did you happen to see – the only thing I really wanted to point out from those, you know, Joel Farabee gave some kind of quote that was like, hey, we got to practice because we're hockey players. I don't know what he said. But uh, Ivan Provorov came out. He didn't come out to say anything. But did you see the flow on that guy? He's got, like, long hair and a gig- he's got a pretty good beard going right Oh, now. I saw it. It is. He looks like a Russian monster. It's yeah. great. Also, the Karchidi video of Provorov doing cone drills. I'm only pointing this out mainly because I like to get uh, taken it to the beats in. But also... Because I think I saw two or three other people, like people that were there, post the same exact video from the same angle, and they all had normal videos. But then Carcides looked like he was he was trying to record the first video ever on a flip phone. Is what it looked like, <laughs> and it like you could tell like the quality was just this. I don't know how he did it, and I I thought it was my internet at first. Like I was looking on my phone and I was like, this has to be. And I just waited to look at the tweet until like five minutes later when I went outside and I was like, oh. He just put out like the worst video imaginable. <laughs> it's just the worst, the worst thing you can imagine. Sammy. And then, uh, yeah, that's those are pretty much the main updates. Uh, apparently, a personnel member of the Arizona Coyotes tested positive to COVID nineteen. They tested positive on Saturday, 
and they have been isolated since. I don't think anything has come from that incident. Uh, what are some of the other things here? Uh, courting. Uh, AHL has created a return to play task force, uh, much like just is going on with the NHL and JVR and like all the other NHL superstars we're a part of. Uh, to get the league on track for the 2020-21 season, uh, notable members of this committee are Kyle Dubas, Ken Holland, David Poyle, Don Sweeney, and Steve Eiserman. So a bunch of NHL GMs get involved there. Uh, well, you need a genius in there. Stake in AHL clubs. Yeah. Yeah, it's going to be interesting when they're pitching to have John Tavares play on the AHL rosters next year. I don't know how that's going to work, but we'll see, uh, see how that works out. Genius move. I did. <laughs> Genius move. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then they find out the AHL is playing in Toronto, so it works out pretty well. Uh, Bruce Cassidy hasn't ruled out resting Bruins during a round of Robin play. Uh, and then also, I think the article talked about how Tuka Rask was going to sit and they're going to let Yaroslav Halak possibly play all three games in the round Robin because the Bruins have a guaranteed playoff spot, and uh, he's pretty confident in his team. And Tukaras doesn't need to prove anything, is what I have said. Have fun he's playing saying. the and Penguins. Also, and then if uh, John Hines also said they'd use their camp to decide if they should go with Pekka Rene or UC Saros. Uh, Rene, 18-4-4 with an 8.95 save percentage. Saros with a 17-12-4 record and a 9-14 save percentage. I think they both have – I think Rene has like three shutouts. Saros has four. I don't know what they're doing down in Nashville, but might be a lot of that Yossi Ellis uh, pairing going on there. It's that great barbecue. <laughs> That's got to be what it is. Uh, and speaking of barbecue, this guy lights up opposing defense. No, nah, I got nothing. Whoa, Sean boy, Vittori I didn't Anaselke. know where you were going with trying. that. And, oof. <laughs> uh, yeah, I didn't, you know, we don't need to talk about the segues here. Uh, Steve, you know, I mean, he handed me the segue duties months ago. I don't know why. You just, I wasn't asking you, for it. Sir, I wasn't taking it. You just go into it. them I, all willy-nilly without a plan. It's like some days earlier day. I'll just text Steve. I'm like, Steve, do you, uh, hey, buddy, uh, first of all, love you, love doing the show. Do you have the segues ironed out? And you respond back with a middle finger sometimes is what you do. So it's pretty, what I'm saying is, is we're all doing fine during quarantine is what I'm getting at. But Katori and Selke, I think we should talk about this real quick. Uh, Pierre Lebrun, who we've already talked about a bunch, uh, wrote an article about the Selke this week. Uh, which Selke has given to the forward who best excels in defensive aspects of the game. He asked all 31 NHL coaches for their Selke pick, not their top five, but if they had to pick a Selke winner themselves, who would they pick? The only stipulation was uh, they couldn't pick their own players. Okay, so I haven't looked at this, but I'm just gonna I'm gonna throw out a wild guess. Hold on, I'll give you. No, I want to. I want to guess. Are you just going for who got most? Yeah. Okay, yeah, go ahead. Patrice Bergeron. How many? Out of 31? Of the 30. So only uh, only 30 coaches only thirty coaches got back to him. So out of 30, you're saying 25. I'd love to know who the, the one coach was just like, nah. Nah, fuck that, yeah. <laughs> um, so Patrice Bergeron was number one with 14. Sean Couturier was number two with 10. Ryan O'Reilly was third with three. Kopitar was fourth with two. And then Anthony Cirilli was uh, fifth with one. And Anthony Cirilli is going to be the guy that – he's not going to win it this year, but he's a guy that – he was the Couturier of like three years ago. He's a guy that's eventually going to keep getting mentioned this regularly, and he will probably win one. So he's a pretty good two-way player in Tampa Bay. But that kind of already works against him because I think he spent – yeah, he spent most of his time this year on a line with Stamkos, which – 
maybe a little bit harder than it sounds, but at the same time, it doesn't sound great when you're on a line with Steven Stamkos when you're looking for, like, carried a lot of your own work argument. Um, but, I mean, so, Katoria. 10 out of 30 votes is pretty good, in my opinion. Considering that Bergeron, I would have thought that Bergeron and Ryan O'Reilly would have gotten more of those, just off of uh, name appeal. But it's nice that the league is finally... I mean, we keep saying that, but... And again, I don't think this is a year that Katoria would win it. But uh, to see he's gotten 10 of these and Bergeron only has a couple more and Bergeron is on the team that had the best record in the league when the Paul stopped, uh, he's probably on the best line in hockey this season and maybe the last couple years with Marchand and Pasternak. Uh, and also just he's won it before and he has all the other accolades from previous playoff uh, performances and even including last year's uh, run to the Cup. So I think, I think Katori is still going to lose it right because he's just he's still pessimistic really matter i think he's i think this is the last year he he might still lose it although i should i don't know this is the coaches poll like i think a lot of people i I feel like a lot of these coaches just said ah it's got to be bergeron right you know he's always good and i I was gonna say it turns out freeman ruby voted for at least 10 of those coaches (laughs) (laughs) yeah he loves all those coaches i was gonna say oh what was the other but like uh yeah, like Freeman threw, I had a throwaway comment like before the pause too about Katoria possibly being the Selkie winner, and I feel like a lot of the online, like all the nerds, people nerds. on Twitter, yeah, yeah, Twitter poll people and uh, the people, you know, outside of head coaches, it feels like there's a lot more love for Katoria this year, and hopefully, I, I think it's just we talked about it a bunch too. Whenever the Flyers are actually good again, is when Katoria will probably get the love nationally so maybe this is the year that people finally realize the flyers are good again and they'll decide to give it to katoria this year or maybe we have to wait for the flyers to have a really good playoff run this year katoria posts similar numbers next year and then he gets the love and recognition uh next year but i mean bergeron again the selkie factory <laughs> bergeron though i think he i think uh, I, I guess i'm not gonna lose my mind too much if he's still running the, the selkie factory this year uh 56 points, 31 goals in a 61 games to uh, Katori's 59 points, 22 which are goals in 69 games. Nice. Uh, nice. Other ones, Ryan O'Reilly only has 12 goals, but he has 61 points in 71 games. Loser. Kopitar, 62 points in 70, and then Sorelli uh, has 44 points in 68 games. And then Bergeron's underlying numbers are uh, Marshan, Bergeron, and Pasternak are one of only three lines, including Alex Iafalo, Kopitar, and Dustin Brown, to play 605 minutes or more this season. Uh, and he, they had some of the best underlying numbers, 58.35, Corsi 4 percentage, and a 58.97 expected goals 4 percentage. Uh, Steve, by the way, you missed his advanced stats. It's been a minute since I've dropped some of these on here, but it's been a while. Oh, hey, uh, what's up? That stuff, that stuff, uh, 43-23 uh, goal differential, so plus 20 goal differential, too, in that time. Uh, and, yeah, I think that having the most amount of goals, because, I mean, again, he was a 30-goal scorer. 30-goal <laughs> scorer only playing 61 games on the best line in hockey, on the Bruins, who are might end up winning the Cup this year. I, I, I get it. And Couturier, again, should be there next year. I think he wins it next year. I think people realize the Flyers are good this year. He comes out, he's the centerpiece of the team next year, and he wins it next year. I would say he wins it this year. I just honestly forget what the feeling of everybody was back in March when it came to Couture and the Selkie race. I remember reading a lot about Couture up there in the Selkie race, but I also remember reading a lot about Bergeron and um, 
and O'Reilly. O'Reilly's going to get – O'Reilly, yeah, I mean, he's just uh, – he was on line with Perrin and Zach Sanford a lot this year. They did fine. But he, the, the 12 goals and just the fact that this, the Blues underlying numbers really aren't, like, extremely defensive – like indicate that they're a really good like defensive team, I guess. I, I don't know what I'm saying. I don't think Ryan O'Reilly Ryan O'Reilly isn't gonna win it this year, I think. I think it comes down to a Bergeron or Couturier, but I think it is uh I think it is gonna be oh, so disappointing. Hockey writers are so unoriginal. Yeah. yeah, Kopitar's I mean Kopitar's always good too, but the Kings were pretty bad this year and that usually works against uh, the Selkie winners. Yeah, the Kings were hot fried ass this year. Yeah, yeah, they were not good. I will say too, it's also worth mentioning. Because uh, team success, uh, there was somebody who used to always be mentioned in these discussions, and now, coincidentally, when their team isn't that good, he hasn't been mentioned for a while. Uh, Jonathan Taves has not been mentioned in the in the Selkie discussion for a minute, and uh, yeah, I mean, so just real shame. whenever the Flyers do get good, <laughs> yeah, whenever the Flyers do get good, I think that I feel like that's an indication that. Couturier will even pick up more steam towards winning the Selkie. The fucker's going to do it. He's eventually going to win Did you know it. that Jonathan Taves is very serious? He's the most serious man to ever play hockey. He takes it very seriously. Since he was 19 years old, he's taking it seriously. I was laughing. I think. <laughs> I mean, I don't I don't mean to laugh because we're talking about Captain Serious here. But I saw NHL.com did, like, their top 16 centers in the playoff format or whatever, and I think Taves was still top 16 there. Like, Couturier was 14th, and I think Taves was 16th. My favorite so, thing... So, like, we're still working through that, people's mindset of that whole process. My favorite thing with Taves is when you do, like, a fantasy hockey league, and somebody drafts Taves, and they're like, yeah, I got Taves, and everybody's like, uh, okay, cool. <laughs> <laughs> Good luck with that. Oh, I got Taves in the 12th round? Oh, man, you guys are doing... I went into free agency, and Jonathan Taves was there. Can you believe that? He's the captain of the Chicago Blackhawks. <laughs> you know, the team that won three cups in the last ten years? Yeah. I'm doing pretty good. That's what somebody that doesn't know what's going on in fantasy hockey uh, would say. Which might be me. I haven't played the last. Uh, I didn't play this year. And, I mean, I think we had a league last year, right? I won it. Hockey. Oh, we did. There you go. I was going to say, I, uh, yeah, I, I checked out on that one earlier. I know, because I beat you many times. <laughs> you probably took it to me. Yeah. I basically Do won that another... league because most of the league stopped paying attention. I was like, all right, well. Sitting on the pooper at work. Let's do this. <laughs> Sitting on the pooper. Fantasy sports aren't hard, guys, because we have mobile phones on the toilet. Yeah, well, that's all you got to do is you just when you're at work, you quote unquote take six dumps a day, and then you're on the you're in the bathroom for like an hour and a half. You just do all your fantasy uh, sports uh, research there, right? Yeah. They do it without getting fired. That's how you just you bring a laptop into the bathroom, two hours in the bathroom. <laughs> this is getting intense. I'm trying to win the league, Steve. Yeah, throw a pot of coffee. You want. <laughs> get a pack of cigs, and you get ready to stay up all night because you got to iron this out. You steal you somebody's ADHD take. medicine. Really focus in. Because <laughs> you want results. And speaking of results, now this is this is going to be a good segue. Speaking of results, uh, Jason Botterill was not getting those in Buffalo. So the Pagulas decided it was the end of his time as the Sabres GM. Steve, uh, segue update? One to ten. That was pretty Very good. Very good segue. Just don't call attention yeah, yeah. to it next time. It'll be a better segue. Oh, no, I know. I just I was making sure you were listening. As I know, you know, sometimes they go on and you kind of zone out and, like, have a catch with yourself or I don't know. But anyway, Jason Bottle is out as sexual. GM. <laughs> well, I mean, 
to each their own. Uh, Kevin Adams is the new GM, and he uh, is not an interim GM. He's actually the GM now, uh, and also it will be his first ever GM experience. He has been with the Sabres since 2009-2010 as a development coach, went to becoming an assistant coach to youth hockey director in 2013-14, to vice president last season, and is now here. Uh, Jason Botterill was hired in May of 2017. He was fired earlier this week, along with assistant GMs Randy Sexton and Steve Greeley. Uh, Greeley was the assistant GM the, the Flyers had interest in, or it sounded like the Flyers were connected to last year when the Flyers were looking uh, to replace Hextall. I was a big fan of Greeley at the time. People I were out there calling him the Greel deal, it. and they said, bring him home. I, I think they were. And if they weren't, you can now start saying that, uh, thanks to Steve, because that's a fucking home run of a nickname. I don't really think we thought of at the time. <laughs> but uh, Steve, yeah, he's uh, and he's a, he's a big numbers guy, so there you go for all the ner- hashtag nerds out there. Nerds! Uh, <laughs> they also fired Rochester Americans, uh, their AHL team's head coach, Chris Taylor, and assistants Gord Deneen and Toby Peterson. Gord Deneen is related to Kevin Deneen. Uh, for all you Kevin Deneen f- fans out That's there. That's an uh, insanely director of Canadian Scouting. name right there. <laughs> Gord Deneen? Yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Gord, what is the most, is Lafleur? would that be the most Canadian I guess Gord Lafleur would be the most Canadian name you could think of. because Yeah, that would be like... Uh, like, you hear Gord, and that's like, well, that's Canadian. I mean, you can't be from anywhere else and be named Gord. So the Gord, so I think it's safe to say the Gord Lafleur would be the uh, the Mike Johnson of Canadian names. What is the most American? Mike Smith, Bob Smith? I think Mike Smith, Mike Smith. might be. Yeah, Mike Smith's a pretty, yeah. Although there's a, yeah. Matt Smith. <laughs> uh, so, the, yeah, so yeah, he's gone. Uh, Director of Amateur Scouting, Bob Ryan Jan- Jankowski is gone. Bob Jones is another one, yeah. Assistant Director of Scouting Jeff Crisp is gone, uh, as well as a good chunk of the amateur staff, amateur scouting staff. Uh, uh, Lance Slysowski of the Buffalo News also reports uh, two player development coaches, Chris Barch and Mike Commissarek, which his name should sound familiar, have been let go. Uh, and just looking at, so pretty much you're just clearing house uh, is what the Sabres and the Pagulas are doing. And when I speak of the Pagulas, Speaking of Terry and Kim Bagula, who bought the team back in February of 2011, and now will be dealing with their fourth different GM uh, that came into Darcy Regeer. You mean the same Pagulas who promptly opened up the checkbook to sign Ville Leno? Uh, the one and the same, my man. Ville Leno is who we're talking about right here. Don Wazinski's uh, worst free agents of the past decade list earlier this week. Oh yeah, really? <laughs> yeah, I mean, it was not it was not a good signing. It was one of the worst fucking signings ever. But they did it, and uh, it was I believe that was Regeer. Yeah, yeah, it must have been Regeer, uh, who had been there since June of '97, but was let go in November of 2013 for Tim Murray, who came in and tried to do the uh, the tank for uh, McDavid, and ended up getting Jack Eichel, and then he was let go in April of 2017, where they brought in Botterill, and. He's now the fourth chairman. And then they're going to be on uh, they're with their now six different head coach. Uh, they had Lindy Ruff and got rid of him uh, in 2013 as well. They also had Ron Rolston, Ted Nolan, Dan Bosma, Phil Housley, and now they have Ralph Kruger. So we're looking at nine years worth of time, not even nine full seasons, I believe. And uh, they are 20 years of Jack Eichel's life. 
Yeah, twenty. Yeah, and they're uh, you know, it's uh. I mean, it's a bad sign when the per- public perception is that your star player is secretly running the franchise and not particularly doing a good job of it either. Yeah, that is the public perception. Although, I mean, again, I like to point out, like, this is stuff. I don't know. They were. I mean, he's basically demanded did two, fire player, Tim Murray two coaches time. get fired, which is nuts. Yeah. And Tim Murray being gone is. Yeah, he had a big. I think he had a big hand in Tim Murray uh, being gone, and the coaches. Yeah, but I mean, at the same time, let's talk about let's talk about some of Botterell's moves here, because uh, it's easy to just be like, well, Jack Eichel likes you know, Jack Eichel wants something, he's gonna get it. But let's talk about some of these really bad moves. Uh, he did trade away Vander Kane and Ryan O'Reilly uh, in the last three years, because that's how long he was. So in February 2018, he gave Vander Kane to the Sharks for Danny O'Regan, uh, who's a 26 year old center who has played three games with the Sabres since the trade. Oof. 29 and a 2019 conditional first, which was traded to Anaheim, uh, and then a 2019 fourth, which became Ethan Kepin. And I mean, we're not going to keep tabs on that because he's a fourth round pick who was drafted a year ago. So uh, O'Reilly, though, traded O'Brien O'Reilly to this, uh, the Blues last year for Patrick Berglund, Vladimir Sabaka, Tage Thompson, a 2019 conditional first, which became Ryan Johnson. Uh, and the 2021 second. Uh, so Johnson, the left-hand defenseman, uh, just finished his freshman year at the University of Minnesota. Uh, I mean, again, not trying to slam him. He was regarded as a reach at a time at the time. So we'll see how he pans out. But then Berglund, 31 points in 40, 49 SHL games this season. Sabaka, three points in 16 games this season. And Thompson, who played one game in the NHL. That was his return for Ryan O'Reilly, Ryan O'Reilly who pretty much carried the blues to a cup last year <laughs> the year after he got traded jeff skinner i like the jeff, jeff skinner trade at the, the time i was always worried about the ensuing deal with jeff skinner had 40 goals in 2018-19 and then this year uh his first year in a in a eight year 72 million dollar deal nine million dollar aav uh is down to 14 goals and 23 points in 59 games and they gave up Four assets for him. Nothing major. Uh, Cliff Pooh, one of our favorite draft picks ever, uh, won 69th overall in the 2016 draft. Is named Cliff Pooh. So, uh, a 2019 second in Piotr Kuchetkov, uh, 2023rd, and a 2026th uh, in August of 2018. And then, I mean, it's just some of the other stuff too, like the Brandon Montour trade. I will never. Not really the end of the world, but because I know Montour plays more time. But February 2019 traded. Got Brandon Montour from the Ducks for Brendan Gooley, who plays has similar kind of underlying numbers in uh, a 2019 first, which was the Braden Tracy pick that they got from the Blues, and then uh, like they added Wayne Simmons this um, this in February. Well, that's just you know a quality. Like why? Like that's Wayne just a quality Simmons move right there. I mean, it's Wayne Simmons, and <laughs> yeah, we all know like you don't want to fight Wayne Simmons. You don't want to fight Wayne Simmons, but also you know we kind of got the idea our, our old buddy was kind of slowing down a little bit. Maybe don't give up assets for him. Uh, in no, February, you, the Sabres do whatever were you can for Wayne Simmons. Sixth in the Atlantic, sixth in the Atlantic with 68 points, 13 points out, and six teams between them and the final wild card spot. So sounds like they needed leadership. Yeah, and they needed obviously they needed some gritty leadership and needed somebody that could kill penalties. And Michael for a league, so give a 2024th and a 2021st conditional fifth for both those guys combined, and that's where you get. One could say that Buffalo is as far away from Flavortown as possible. Some would say they're maybe, yeah, I would say they they need all the Flavortown in the world. Guy Fieri needs to get in there. Guy Fieri's helped a bunch of restaurant workers across the country now, 
and now he's got to go to Buffalo. Why isn't he the GM? Put some wing sauce. <laughs> you could give. Let Gaffieri, yeah, let him have the reins. He's got as much Buffalo, NHL GM experience. <laughs> and I, I'm going to fix the Buffalo Sabres today. It's just him driving around in a convertible. Just a franchise that's been cooked well done for years, and we're going to bring it back down to more of a medium. <laughs> Just him riding around in a nice car with like Rasmus Dahlin, just throwing food at people. That would you make an episode of Triple D like that, and I'll watch. That's all I'm saying. Uh, I did go looking at the Sabers too. I did want to see if there was even anything for the uh, as a Flyers fan, if there was something we could kind of go in there and steal from them. Uh, but they really don't have anything locked up. Uh, they don't have any good contracts. Like they're kind of in a pretty weird cap situation. They have. Four forwards, five defensemen, and a goalie locked up for next season with $36.98 million in cap space. Um, again, maybe not the most amount of you know, money to go sign all those people. But if you were to bring in a new GM, I guess with the amount of turnover that looks like there will be on the roster, if you're the Sabres, you can afford to, unfortunately if you're a Sabres fan, uh, eat shit for another year and just kind of bring in new bodies and build the foundation again. But... Uh, the three, some of these, I mean, the contracts are locked up. Eichel isn't going anywhere. Skinner's not going anywhere. And Kyle Ocposo, who has three more years at $6 million a year, they're not going anywhere. The one contract that could go somewhere is Marcus Johansson, who has one more year at $4.5 million a year. And just to speak to the Sabres' problems, like, Ocposo and Marcus Johansson, those are two names that you, you may not realize you haven't been hearing as much recently. It's because they've fallen off the fucking face of the earth when it comes to production. I like They've had some really Ocposo bad... I did too, and he had like a whole... And I don't know if it ever came to light, but he had like a whole um, medical incident back in late 2016-17 season where he just ended up... He had to be like... He was in the ICU, and then the terms of his illness never came out. And it was a whole thing where it was like a huge medical incident and he's just never been the same since so there might be something with his health back then but uh so in his time with the sabers though uh he has 57 goals and 80 assists for 137 points in 271 games uh 120 goal season in the last six seasons and in the last two years uh last year and this year he's had under 15 goals in each season so he's fallen off uh johansson uh, since 2017-18, 27 goals and 47 assists for 74 points in 147 games without breaking 15 goals or posting more than 30 points uh, in each of those seasons with three different teams, the Devils, the Bruins, and the uh, and the Sabres. So, and he's the one guy that the Sabres could possibly move because, I, again, I don't think they're moving any of the other three. I don't think they want to trade Eichel, and nobody's fucking touching the Skinner or Ocposo contracts. Yeah. So up front, up front, this GM literally just has to let people go and then go beat somebody in the ticket and Johansson for no reason. Uh, and then on the blue line, uh, I again, I don't think they're trading Rasmus versus the line or Rasmus Dahlin. Uh, and I, just because they brought in Henry Yukaharjo, I don't think they're trading him either. But uh, Colin Miller, two years, $3.875 million left each year. And Jake McCabe, one year, $2.85 million left. Uh, they could possibly move them, but again, like, I don't... Colin Miller's fine, but... You think of, like, uh, I think about the Flyers. I don't think I would do anything to get Colin Miller on this team right now just because of how much, like, that cap hit's just too inconvenient if you're going to be, you know, if they let Brown walk and you want to bring somebody else in, it wouldn't make sense to trade for him when they have other guys coming up. Uh, and also McCabe is just one of those guys that 
plays way too difficult minutes that would be appealing to other opposing teams. Like, the, he just logs a, a ton of minutes, a lot of defensive minutes, and he doesn't put up a lot of offensive numbers because of that. Uh, and maybe you could get somebody to bite on that deal. But again, I think you can find some players that do McCabe's work for not quite as much a cap hit. But we'll see, we'll see what Adams can do here. But it's, uh, it's a weird... Sabres are, uh, they've, they're, they've been a tire fire for a while. I mean, they, the last time they were relevant was when the Flyers knocked them out in 2011. And it's been a mess since then, pretty much. It's been, it's been real gross. And I, the, why would they hire a development coach? Why would they make this move now? And why would they hire a development coach to be the GM? Like, for, I, look, I'm guessing it's, I know I get on the stump a little bit more for him than most people, but, doesn't this seem like a job for Ron Hextall, right? Like to get in there and help a franchise tear down their dumb, stupid contracts and draft smart and build back up. Yeah, like, I you agree. You bring in Lombardi and Hextall, and you might have something in a few years that Chuck Fletcher can take over and bring to fruition. So I will say, I think the Bagulas are kind of just going through GMs and coaches pretty fucking quick. Like it feels too quick to be. It's like a flyer's pace of coaches. <laughs> yeah, I will say though, like Kevin Adams, I guess I'm not. Right now, this sense, this this makes sense to me because Bottle hasn't been doing anything, and it doesn't look like the Sabers on the verge of doing anything this season or next. And uh, there was a lot of before the pause. I remember everybody wanting to pretty much just yell Bottle and all the Sabers because they had another another lost season. They're wasting time with Jack Eichel and they don't you don't want to waste all of Jack Eichel's prime so I guess that's why you're doing it now rather than let another season go by I don't know why they came out last month and they gave Bottle like a you know like a note of confidence being like oh no he's you know we're he still has some time we'll let him run next season or whatever and then they come around they fire him now that doesn't make any sense to me but I guess Adams is just he's been with the organization forever so he may know what is causing the issues within that organization and maybe you can cut them out and also they just actually know the face again i think it's fair to question like why him right now though all things considered i think it's all i mean anything the bagulas do now you can kind of just be like well why are they doing why are they running it like this and it's so but, like, funny I don't, I don't because terry pagulas like, had the fine. complete opposite situation with the hockey program he founded in penn state uh, the Penn State program has really just come out on a running start, and Penn they've uh, already considered one of the better, better programs in the country, all, you know, in a very short period of time. And Buffalo's just been a complete disaster. Yeah, no, they've been – it really is fascinating. We've talked about it a lot this quarantine, about how the Sabres used to be, like, a fun random team the Flyers hated because they used to always be in the playoffs, and they would have all these playoff series against them. And they had solid teams, Sabres, though. Is that, like, they would be in the playoffs yeah, yeah. because they had solid teams. They weren't great, but, you know, they had Dominic Hasek. Wasted a lot of years of his life, but they had Dominic Hasek and Satan. <laughs> yeah. And, like, they, they always had a few guys that were just, like – they had a few really good guys and – no like superstars really except for Hashik. but like they had a solid roster and they would compete and they also brought up remember when they had Briere and uh who's that guy who joined yeah, the Drury. Rangers and was Chris Drury Chris Drury yeah uh, Mr. Yeah, USA yeah, yeah. Mr. Uh, Little League that's right yeah Little League yeah <laughs> Jesus Christ no, you're right. I, if no, you took you're a right. drink every time they mentioned the Little League World Series with Chris Drury you'd be friggin drunk oh yeah 
Him and uh, who's the guy? Derek Bell? Is that the guy on the Astros? I think that so. I think I'm not like those two. I I only know that because I remember watching a little like World Series when I was in middle school and stuff like that. And there was like the two guys. Yeah, they used to always show Hit Bell and uh, yeah Chris Drury. That was like everybody's favorite fun fact about Chris Drury was he also played baseball at one point in time. <laughs> I remember that. But they, and then they both uh, left in but the no, same no, no. offseason and completely screwed the Sabers. That was it. Yeah, like they because 2010-11 too. Like that last time they were somewhat relevant, they were the seventh seed. And I think the two years, no, the year before that, they lost to the Bruins the round before the Flyers beat the Bruins in the comeback. So, like, it's not like they were, it's been a minute since they've been a dominant, like, top of the conference type team, too. We're not talking about just making the playoffs. They have been, they've been out of it a minute. And Eichel is, I I know he's kind of like, you know, we make fun of him a little bit, but he's not that bad. He is somebody that you gave him anybody around him, that team is in the playoffs. And when you look at the rosters and what we just went through about how they're paying all this money to Skinner Pozo and the older person with contract up front is Marcus Johansson, they're obviously not helping him out at all. So it'll be interesting. I don't think I don't think this is going to lead to Eichel getting traded. I just I think I think everything's about to go down in Buffalo, though. I think uh, a lot of things. I feel like a lot of players about to get uh, shipped out or a lot of stuff's about to get moved around again when it comes to the personnel. But we'll see. Uh, speaking of personnel moving, uh, Steve, you uh, you've been keeping up on the get Legan? You know I have. You either okay, get I... either get Legan or get dying. <laughs> Jesus Christ! I knew. <laughs> as soon as you said you either, I was like, I knew where this was fucking going. All right, so Steve, Norway hockey. We're talking about James DeHaas, who uh, had been playing with the uh, the fans for the last couple seasons, will play for. Stern in hockey and Norway's Get Ligan uh, next season. Uh, Norway's Get Ligan is the premier league of Norway. Obviously, we're not talking about secondary or tertiary leagues here in Norway. Uh, he had been with the Flyers organization last three years. He had 28 points, four, four goals, 24 helpers, and 112 games with the Lehigh Valley Phantoms and 19 points, 32 games with the Reading Royals. Uh, so, But the one I really wanted to talk about, the bigger, bigger uh, noteworthy transaction here, Ben Holmstrom is leaving uh, – North America to go play in Norway. Now, do you remember who Ben Holmstrom is? From oh, I really liked Ben Holmstrom. I he was a solid phantom. I always wanted him to get a shot with the Flyers, but didn't quite. Yeah. You know, there, there's a bunch of guys like that. The Mike Mamelucks of the world, if you will. I liked Holmstrom. I, I was sad he didn't get one, but uh, I'm shocked he's still playing hockey in some way. He is. Well, I'm shocked he's still playing hockey too, and he is. I, you know, that, that's a pretty good point. He is a modern day version of Mike Mamelucks. Or not modern day, but he is uh, my generation's Mike Manilock. So uh, he will be, he's going to be playing for Lillehammer in the Get League in 2020 21 as well. Uh, not the same team, but same league as uh, James DeHaas. Uh, he had 23 points in 51 ECHL games this year, which sounds about right, with the Norfolk Admirals, uh, independent club, and the Cincinnati Cyclones, who are ironically the Sabres uh, ECHL affiliate. So maybe he'll be playing with the Sabres next season. Uh, or no, he won't be because he's going to. Norway, 33-year-old undrafted center, joined the Flyers organization in March of 2010. Ultimately had zero points in seven games with the Flyers in 2010-11, 2011-12. 49 goals and 73 helpers for 122 points in 256 games with the Phantoms from 2009-10 to 2013-14. Was captain of Adirondack Phantoms from 2011-12 to 2013-14. Also went on to be captain of the Bridgeport Sound Tigers for four seasons after he left Lehigh Valley. Um... And then also worth mentioning, since we're talking about the Get League and 
Went to go see who their leading goal scorer was, uh, points producer was last season. Shouldn't surprise you that is none other than Patrick Thorson. Uh, him and his one nod had 21 goals and 43 assists for 64 points in 44 games last you season. You just had to mention it. Just had to mention it, yeah. So that's... uh. Yep, that's a Get League and Update. Uh, I did that for the Penn, Ben Holmstrom crowd. There is a good random flyer that we never mentioned that much, but I saw the name pop up, and I was like, oh, boy. I did not. I really didn't think he was still playing hockey. I thought he was doing I was shocked that he was still playing hockey. But, uh, Steve, it's time for a game, and I'm hoping this game... I'm hoping this game isn't too random. But are, are you ready to play? Do you want to play a game? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> what are you, Pierre Lebron? <laughs> Get inside the bubble, Steve. Uh, so, do you remember? Okay. Uh, I was gonna say the um, uh, yes. Okay, so the game is shallow how or how Gill. <laughs> Jesus Christ! The game. Shallow how or how Gill? Are you serious? <laughs> okay. All right. Good. So I was worried the shallow how reference would be too weird. Oh, that's a weird movie, but... my friend. That's a weird movie. <laughs> yeah, I don't know when why I saw it somewhere in passer. Yep. It, it was a very bad movie. Was it was a, a terrible movie. idea all around. It was just a fucking atrocious You know, what? I remember and... two things about that movie. I remember Gwyneth Paltrow's really shitty fat suit. And I also remember <laughs> Jason Alexander has a really weird yep, yep. hairline in that movie. Okay, I don't remember the hairline thing, but I do remember, yeah. So that's, uh, I, remember, I just remember that was like one of the only other things Jason Alexander was really like in. Like, that was one of the first things I remember seeing him in outside of Seinfeld. <laughs> I'm going to send you a picture of Jason Alexander's hair in this movie, and you might shit your pants. This is a lot of... You're sending me a lot of texts up. This is a second one this episode. Slide into those DMs, see. baby. Hell yeah, baby. You slide in those DMs. We got another one. This, this, this is getting weird. I don't like it. <laughs> it just... Like, it, <laughs> the thing is, okay, place. so if you pull up a picture of Jason Alexander in Shallow Hal, dear listeners, like... It looks like his hair is painted on with like a sharpie. Oh yeah! Oh my god! What is this? It really does, yeah. And like a weird. Oh, that is a that's definitely got to be like some bad editing. I well, know. I just like I feel like they had a really funny in joke for it. Like they thought it was hilarious, and then they did it, and people just watched it. Was like, why does he look like that? <laughs> Yeah, and then it missed all of us. But the the, the people on Shallow Hell, the the cast of Shallow Hell, they were cracking up every day making that movie. It's a shame they couldn't share those laughs with the people who watched the movie. But um, Steve, I mean, are you? There's six hard hitting questions here. Farrelly Brothers a best all movie. Yeah, let's let's do it. <laughs> Alrighty, so one of those guys are going uh, this... to win an Oscar for Green Book. What a world this is. Uh, this house main supporting cast was Gwyneth Paltrow and Jason Alexander. So which one was it, Steve? Was oh it uh, Shallow Hell or Hell Gill? Shallow Hell. Shallow Hell. Two. Uh, main supporting cast was Mark Streit. Craig Berube. Uh, Hal Gill. <laughs> uh, number three, they concussed Eric Lindros on March of 2000. Was that Shallow Hell or Hal Gill? Uh, as much as I'd love to blame Shallow Hell for that, I'm pretty sure it was Hal Gill. But okay, actual question. Sadly, now, as a fan of Eric Lindros, who didn't concuss him. <laughs> uh, so you got three. You got th- three actual questions now. This is softballs. You're welcome. This how was introduced on the national stage in 1997. 
It's Al Gill. Al Gill. Okay. Six points in 68 games with the Bruins. Oh, I was going to say the other one was introduced on the national stage in 2000. Uh, shallow Al. Yeah, it was Shallow Al. Yeah, so you got those guesses right. And then the final question. <laughs> Who is older, Hal Gill or Jack Black? That's actually a good question. Yeah. Oh, I know. That's that's why it's down on the... Yeah. I'm going to go with Jack Black. Sure about that? Final answer. Oh, man. All right. You're right. Do you want to take a guess at their ages? Hmm. <laughs> is Jack Black... I'm going to say he's like... Is he like 50 right now? He is 50 on the nose, my Ooh, man. and Hal Gill... What a guess. Considering Hal Gill retired probably a couple years ago, I would say he's Remember, probably he's like younger. 39. No. No. How, how, a little bit older. Little bit older. He is uh, 40, 45. Okay, it was closer than I thought. Sorry, I didn't know if you're gonna. I didn't know if you're gonna keep guessing. I was trying. No, to, no, I, was, I wasn't really trying there. to milk them. Hal Gill. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no, he is forty-five. Yeah. I was gonna say that. Uh, that kind of surprised me too. But I guess considering how you just broke it down, it does make sense that. Like I don't know why. But Jack Black's got this like giant great beard older. now. All of a sudden. Yeah, so. it is. It is kind of true. Yeah, he's. You do see the age. So it's not. It's not cool. Cool. Hey, Antichrist! Yeah, I was a boss. <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit. I'm trying to think of, like... I can't remember the last thing I actually watched with him in it. I used to watch Saving Silverman a bunch. I should have done that. I should do this one with... I gotta figure out a name like Silverman now. And go based off that. Uh, uh, I, was, sadly, we don't we, have Silverberg. Or he'd be perfect. Oh, yeah. Oh, I could just do that. I mean, we're getting to the point now where if I do questions about Jacob Silverberg, people really aren't. <laughs> they are, they're going to be all right with it. <laughs> I can give you plenty of themes if you want to come up with the questions. Oh, I, oh no, I got, oh, I got them. No, I was as supposed the, to the whole thing. As the pun master to, uh, general of Broad Street Hockey, <laughs> you just need a theme. I'm your man. It's a hell of a title you're laying upon yourself. Oh, yeah. I mean, we've all collectively hinted you're good at puns, but to come down with the... The pun master general, Lord yes. Of the pun. <laughs> pun master flex. All right, I gotcha. I'll do that, too. That works. You, uh... All right, all right PM, you want to do some... Uh, you want to do around the league? Ready for this? Uh, Let's go around, around the, the league, league and uh, call it a night. All right. Uh, Rangers prospect Elias Anderson will remain in Sweden. The seventh overall pick in 2017 was going to join the team for training camp after this season, but has opted to stay in Sweden until he's traded. Uh, has 12 points in 15 games with HV 71 in the SHL this season. Uh, he was drafted seventh overall by the Rangers uh, with a pick they had gotten in a deal with the Coyotes, where they also got Tony D'Angelo in exchange for Antti Ranta and Derek Stepan. Uh, Ryan Reeves, I uh, mentioned this earlier, stays in Vegas for two years, $1.75 million a year, uh, 15 points and 47 pims in 71 games this season. Uh, Oscar Dance says, uh, or Oscar Dance is going to stay in Vegas for one more year, uh, 700k, played in five games for Vegas over the last uh, three seasons. Artem Zagadulin uh, will stay with the Flames for one year, 700K next season. Well had done. an 898 save percentage in 30 games with Stockton, the Stockton Heat this season. Thank you. Uh, I, was, I was looking at that for a while, so I was, uh, I was really on it up. So. Uh, Roman Polak will play for HZ Vitkovice and the Czechs uh, Tip Sport Extra League in 2020-21. 34-year-old D-man had four assists in 41 games this season, averaging 16-40 of ice time for the Stars. 
Uh, Nail Yakupov is uh, changing KHL teams yet again. Uh, he was sent from Vityaz Poldosk to Amor Kevorovsks for cash considerations. I know Kevin's out there listening to this right now, really enjoying our uh, <laughs> how I'm announcing these KHL teams. Uh, was traded from SKA St. Petersburg to Vityaz Poldosk uh, last month. So he's changed. With no hockey going on, he's changed clubs twice in the last month over in the KHL. Gotta love Scott St. Petersburg. Give it up, give it up, give it up for a failed first <laughs> pick it up, round. Pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. <laughs> uh, Man, Yakupov, that, that is a disappointing goddamn career right there. That is just he, a shame. Uh, he's got to be the one of the worst. He might be the worst uh, first overall pick, I think, in my lifetime. I'm saying that without thinking of all the other first overall picks. But he's he was pretty bad. Uh, he's got to be out there. Um, Nikolai Goldobin uh, is leaving the Sharks for S- CSKA Moscow in the KHL next season. 2014 first-round pick of the, uh, the Sharks. One game with Vancouver and 50 points in 51 games with Utica this season. Sorry, he was with Vancouver. He was the 2014 first, first pick of the Sharks. Sorry about that, everybody. Uh, Nikita Filatov has announced his retirement. He was taken sixth overall in the 2008 draft, had 14 points in 53 games with the Blue Jackets and Senators from 2008-09, 2011-12, and then spent eight seasons in the KHL before not playing anywhere this season. Uh, Brendan Warren uh, has signed a contract extension with the Jacksonville Icemen in the ECHL for 2020-21. The 23-year-old left winger had 28 points, 14 goals, 14 assists, and 47 games this season. This, of course, was part of the Nick Cousins American Marik Matson deal a couple years back between the Flyers and Coyotes, and then um, last but not least, I just wanted to mention this because we saw I, I we saw the news, uh, and we'll I guess we'll talk about it next week. Uh, Dana Carcillo is leading a class action lawsuit against the CHL for uh, former abuse against their players. Uh, I like I said, I saw the headline for it and started reading a little bit about it about an hour before we did this podcast, and I didn't know how to. Uh, to go about it for this episode and figure probably have some time to talk about stuff next week so look for that uh next week fam but that is uh that is it yes that is it and what a podcast it was make sure to treat your father to all those great father's day gifts we laid out earlier in the show oh, they're gonna, yeah, i'm very excited for the the bruins to not play their starting goaltender at all in the round robin round and then have him <laughs> be very rusty and lose immediately like I, I just don't see the flyers doing that with carter hart i've i've just been thinking oh, about no, that no. the entire episode like what a what a strategy but i think and i'll I get and it to his, a degree, it, but like yeah considering i think it was played a real game of hockey in months like maybe a game would be- yeah i i think and i think too it wasn't something like he threw that out there i think somebody that was a question he was responding to and i think he was kind of playing off the idea that he could rest them in his defense but still it is a weird thing to just be like yeah we could probably roll with a lock and then just do whatever it's a weird thing to chalk up like you don't need those three games when it's pretty important fucking positioning <laughs> but again yeah we'll, we'll see what other people's reactions are uh how they're gonna ha- handle camp and everything it'll be interesting it's gonna get weird i mean this is don't all get me wrong they'll probably win with either goalie sadly but yeah they're just pretty good defensive system yeah but still yeah, that might be the only team that can do that, but who cares? Who cares? What do you mean? Brian Elliott is going to lead the Flyers to the promised land. Oh, baby. Bam. Yeah, let's do it. Moose. The other moose, not the original. The moose is loose. <laughs> Many mooses in Flyers history. Many mooses ago, yeah. <sighs> Folks, that's all we got. 
If you have any feedback for us, the best place is on twitter.com.org.edu.ca. You can reach Craig at Sports Are Bad. Sports Are Bad, nothing for tomorrow, but yeah. Do podcasts a week, Next nothing week. to complain about. All right, all right, all right. <laughs> You can reach me at Flyperbole or at Esteban, but make it Flyperbole for all of your hockey needs. Follow BSH Radio and Broad Street Hockey, and be sure to like Broad Street Hockey on Facebook and rate, subscribe, listen, all that great stuff. Uh, yeah, no more words to be had on that. Please continue washing your hands. Stay safe. I know we're in yellow, but it is important to keep fighting the good fight with COVID. So stay safe. Wear a damn mask. Thanks so much for listening. Until next time, in the words of the great Gene Hart, good night and good hockey. Wow, about hockey mostly the flyers but also other hockey things like other hockey teams that play the sport of hockey steve but not steve hartnell and craig but not craig ruby no this isn't all those hockey guys these are the guys who watch the hockey sport yeah Flop, boogie, flip, flip, flop, boogie.